Welcome to Camp, Hike, Live, the podcast devoted to helping you learn, enjoy, and explore the great outdoors. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Camp, Hike, Live. My name is Nathan Harrington, and I am joined, as always, by the adventurous Christopher Hiller. Christopher, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. I appreciate it and am shocked every time you do it. I've been practicing for hours. You're good at this. <laughs> well, today's episode, we're talking about tents. It's uh, getting into the fall season. and uh, Now's a good time to inspect your tents. And uh, we're going to show you how to set it up right, or we're going to talk a little bit about how to set it. Everything that's around setting up a tent, we're going to get into today. And maybe a little bit of inspections on uh, what to make sure you're looking for if you're going to be buying a new tent here come fall or in the spring, or maybe even buying one for your significant other. But before we get into that, what's new with you, Nate? Well... My family and I are surviving what we have termed as the plague. Uh, We've got the four of us here at the house, and starting about six or seven days ago, we all started getting these little itchy sore throats that moved into, like, just snotty and feeling really miserable, and then jumped into some fever and a little bit of like the cold chills. And while all this is happening, we sprinkled in some pink eye, which that just makes you absolutely miserable. And what ended up happening was, you know, my son got the pink eye first and then gave it to my wife, who gave it to me, who gave it to my other son. And we've got these drops that you're supposed to put in. And we didn't have enough of them just to kind of mess out medicine for everybody. So we were treating by the person that had pink eye. And by the time it had made it through all four of us, my son got it again. It wrapped back around. It's the circle of pink eye. You know, oh, it's been awful. And finally, you know, after six or seven days, we're all starting to to get better. My wife just informed me that we have went through three boxes of tissues during this plague. And uh, now it's all kind of just like the congestion, the the, the bronchitis side of it, which it's actually stopped us from recording, you know, this last week because I've, I've been sick. So I'm going to push through it. I can get to it. But for now, let's just get right into this episode. Well, Nate, uh, we're talking about tent setup today, and I'm going to hand it off right to you because you had to set up a tent a lot. On your through hike, there was some 100 plus days where you had to set up a tent almost every day. So we'll start with you. 152 to be exact. 152 days. Wow. So we'll start with you. I'll feed in. We'll talk to you about some of the differences of the tents, some of the the family style tents that I talk about and typically have, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the individual or the rapid up and down. We'll just get right into it. So what can you tell me about the tent setup? On the AT, when you're doing like a through hike or really hiking in general, you're looking for a backpacking tent, something that's a little bit lighter weight. It doesn't have all of the pew, pew, bells and whistles and stuff. So you're going a little bit on the minimal side, but it does have some advantages in, in being lightweight and being easy to set up. So, and I think that going back to your side, your tents tend to be what, a lot bigger for one thing, right? Well, to start off, yeah, they're typically bigger. And uh, for me, uh, much like you, your function is lightweight. That's the function that's important when you're hiking. For me, it's what's what are we doing for the thing? For example, if I go with my wife and my kids, the tent becomes a changing room. So, so having a screen in there or having different function elements of a tent are important. But for me, when it comes to setup, 
I typically need two people to do it properly. Ooh, yeah. I, I can't do it by myself. And if I do, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle. So the big family style tents that I take, usually in order to do it properly, you have two people. That's definitely a difference in the setup side because I'm looking for something that not only can be set up with one person. A lot of times, I mean, I have a single person tent that'll only fit me, only fit one person. So I have to be able to set it up myself so that being lightweight and being easy to set up with one person. So I guess those are some of your your big points to come across when it comes to the tent itself. But this episode is more on on setup. Now, when you come to your campsite, you pull in, you know, you don't have your RV this time. You don't have your big camper. You just know you're using a tent. When you get to your site, what are you going to look for? What's what's your go-to? Like, where am I going to put my tent? The very first thing I look for is, is level ground. Because typically that's not what you want to fight with in the evening. If you're rolling up and down a hill, you've tried to find the levelest ground you can. Uh, that's my first go-to. The next step is once I find that level ground, then I clear it out. So uh, my first thing is the flat ground and I take my time. I try to make sure I think about the size of my tent. I think about the footprint, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit, about where that will set, how we can stake it. Uh, But the flat ground, uh, the level ground is my first go-to look for. And I think in your campsites and stuff that are more designated for camping, it's very easy to to find this level ground. A lot of time there's been a tent set there over the last 20 years this campsite's been around, that's where someone's put a site. So it, it almost, you can visually see a lot of times the better better spots. And for me, it was the same way on the AT because we, I mean, it's been traveled a lot and there are a lot of campsites that are used often and you could almost see where a tent site has been set before. But I, I don't like to go off of that because then you're, well, you're banking on the person that set the tent up there last time was smart enough to choose a good spot. So I don't always go by, oh, it looks like someone set a tent there. It should be a good spot. But you say level ground, and I agree with you on level ground. The one thing is a lot of times it's hard to find the level ground. So one thing to consider when you can't find level ground is to make sure that you're not in what I call a dish, to make sure you're not in a low area that kind of the ground goes up on all sides of your tent just in case it does rain, what ends up happening is all of your water is going to settle in that dish and you're going to be in what amounts to a little pond. Uh, I like to find, and oftentimes we'll aim for an area with a slight slope. And then when you're working with that slight slope, you're going to sleep better uh, most of the time if your head is higher than your feet. So if you can't find level ground or if you think it's going to rain and you want to be on a slope, that'll let the water drain away and not worry about getting you wet. Try to keep your head on the high side. So if you're if you're looking to square your tent up, the part where your head's going to be up high and then sloping directly down to your feet. Now, if you do it sideways, you're going to tend to roll to one side of your tent. And if you do it the other way, the blood will rush to your head and it will be very uncomfortable. The only time I have seen people do that is if you have like a sprained ankle. And this is a a hot tip. Ooh, we should have segments called hot tips. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be a thing. Stay tuned. It'll be fun. But hot tip, if you have sprained your ankle or if you've done some kind of injury to your foot where there is some swelling, that night you can set your tent up counterintuitive with your feet above your head. It'll actually help with the swelling. Uh, Just that one night of having your foot above your head all night can really help with the swelling. So there's a quick go-to for me on the hiking side of where I'm setting up my tent. The next thing that I look at, and this is 
I'll admit, is not the easiest and is not always pointed out when you're buying tents. But the next thing is you need to look for that footprint. And you were speaking of water and keeping dry. A footprint is a very good way to help prevent that water. Say what? A footprint is an add-on to your tent. You buy it separately from your tent. Some tents do come with it, but it is a material, oftentimes waterproof and a little bit more resilient and rugged to the underside than the underside of your tent. And it is used to protect the bottom of your tent and to give it added waterproof to the bottom of your tent. So the footprint is great for protecting your tent. And I, I take that extra time. I actually go and buy a, a poly a tarp that I use for the most part. You want to make sure that your footprint is bigger than your tent. And it's the first thing you lay out. So you remove all the tree or the sticks and the big rocks and you move those things. Mm -hmm. Then you lay out your your footprint, and then you unroll your tent on top of that and you begin the setup. Right, and it is, it, yeah, like you say, it's step one. And oftentimes it can help when setting your footprint down because it gives you a visualization of how big your tent's going to be. And you can kind of move that footprint around to where you end up wanting to set up your tent. So yeah, footprint is a great thing. A lot of people will cut weight when they're hiking or doing distance hiking. They'll do without the footprint because it is unneeded. But when it comes to the casual day hike, maybe a week-long hike, or in your case, at a campgrounds, I think it is something that you should really, really have. Yeah, I recommend you do it every time when you're camping in scenarios on a campground, especially in the morning. It helps keep that, that moisture from coming out of the ground into your tent, and it helps keep down humidity in your tent as well. So uh, the footprint's a, a big deal, and, and I recommend it. it. It's the only way I like to go camping because it saves your tent. One, it protects your, your gear, and two, it does good things. It helps keep you dry. Right. And if you're a big uh, DIY kind of person, you like to do it yourself. If you can find some house wrap, Tyvek is a brand of house wrap. I think there's some different other brands out there. That works really well to make a footprint. It's it's durable. It's waterproof. It does breathe a little bit, but I've seen a lot of people use them. The one downside to doing it yourself that way is a lot of the footprints that you will buy are made for your particular model of tent. This allows them to clip together, or maybe they have eyelets in them that line up with the stakes on your tent. They're kind of made for it. It aids in what we're talking about today in setting up and making the tent easier to set up. So if you're looking for ease and setup, I would suggest going with the footprint designed for your tent. So we found our flat ground. We found our footprint where we're going to put our tent. What's the next step that you look for? Well, and like you said, we, we've cleaned up the debris and stuff. But once I know this is where I want to set up my tent, I'm definitely going to do, well, kind of the last thing you think you'll do. And that's look up. You got to look up into the air. I have heard of three in my hiking career where people have been injured and two of them actually died from trees falling on campers in tents. You need to look up for dead branches and for dead trees. These trees can be called widow makers because you never know when they're going to fall. And if you set up your tent beside one of these trees and it gets really windy, it may knock branches out that could possibly land on you in your tent. So, it doesn't only matter to look at where you're going to put your tent, but also if you're under any trees. So always look up and always make sure you're not setting your tent up under dead trees. So we, we've got our spot. We know what we're doing. We know it's safe. We've rolled out our tent. The first step that I like to do is I like to pull the tent taunt 
over the top of the footprint so I can see where it's going to be before I stake it down. I like to pull it taunt. I like to see how it's going to set. I like to orientate my door and I want to make sure that my door is going in the proper direction. For example, you don't want you don't want your door pointed in a direction where the wind is going to, if it's open, the wind's going to come up and catch it and put pressure on it. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you're orientated the way you want it to be. Right. And it, this is all in a perfect world. A lot of times some of these are going to be conflicting ideas where in order to do it with the slope or to do it on the flat ground where you want to have your door, there may be a, a tree there that would make it hard to get in and out. So each scenario is going to be different. But once you've figured all of that out, like you've said, you've pulled things taut. Some of the things to really consider are, well, making sure your tent is properly staked out. And we talked a few months ago on an episode about the tailgating. No, you were at a festival and you were t helping people set up their tents because a lot of people are not properly staking their tents out. And that really is crucial when keeping your tents working properly and being waterproof. Yeah. When you stake your tent out, that's how the tent is designed structurally to be. It's designed to have your stakes down. It's designed to have those guide wires out taunt. It's designed to have them cinched up so it's nice and snug and that's the way it's designed to be for optimal use for not only and we'll talk about this as we get to rain flies but to make sure the rain coming off to make sure everything is working the way it's supposed to right and one great tool can be the internet youtube uh i'm sure depending on your brand of tent there's probably somebody out there that has done a video on how to set it up and that i think is very important because most of the time you're not going to get a very good instruction manual with your tent. A lot of times it could just be a few pictures. So take the time, maybe research a video and get yourself well informed of how that tent is going to be set up properly. So this tent set up, the next thing we're moving to is we're going to talk a little bit about the poles. Uh, typically in your family style camping tent, you're poles are going to be fiberglass. On occasion, occasionally they're aluminum. Some of them are some other alloy material. But I would say a good majority of the tent poles are going to be these fiberglass poles. So one of the things you want to be careful with these fiberglass poles is a lot of times when they break, they don't snap like a stick in half. What they do is they end up um, peeling or they're like they shard, they come off in shards and they become very sharp. So uh, if you inspect your poles and you see that they're damaged, if you're going to have to do a field fix, a duct tape is a good way to, to cover those up to keep those shards from dis disintegrating. But for the most part, what you're going to do is you're going to put these tent poles together and in a good majority of them, somehow, whether you're going to cross over the top of your tent, whether you're going to feed them through a sleeve, whether you're going to hook them in eyelets. It all depends on the style of tent and there's many, but the basic concept is the same. You're going to make either a dome structure or there's going to be corners on it that you're going to put these into and you're going to want to make sure you do that as best you can. I often, in my case, like I was talking, is it's a two-person job. You have one person on one side of the tent and I or, or your, yourself is on another side of the tent and you're feeding that into it. And that's my tip of the day when it comes to these style of poles. They're typically- Hot tip. Hot tip, as uh, Nate wants to use now. <laughs> but the thing is, is they're usually connected together with some sort of bungee material, whether it be an elastic, whether it be a rubber band, whether whatever that is. My recommendation, and this is how you can make them last forever, and as I said before in our repair episode, it is the most purchased repair item out of my store are these tent replacement kits. The way you can save this, a lot of times the 
the rubber band pieces that bungee them together are what go. And what that happens is from pulling them apart. So you should always push them together. For example, when you're putting it together, you should always be pushing that pole into the other pole, taking the stress off of that uh, rubber band or on, off of that bungee. And the same thing when you take it down, I've seen tents that last a lot longer or poles that last a lot longer because instead of pulling them out the same way you put them in, you're stretching that bungee, you're hurting that bungee, you're deteriorating that bungee. Unhook the other side and push the same way you put it in, push it out the other side and that'll help save on the wear and tear on the tent uh, or on the tent pole and on the bungees and it's just a good tip I like to give and that's how you can maintain your gear or maintain your tent for the future. That is a lava hot tip. All right, that maybe that was too much. But yeah, I really talking about a great tip right there because I've seen it so many times where people are yanking and pulling. Hey, word of advice, a bit of a tip here as well. They are put together, they're manufactured in a way that they should go together with ease. If the tent is fighting you, you're doing something wrong. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's that's how it's always worked out for me. Once you learn how to set it up, if it's fighting you in some way, if it's caught on something, if it's snagged on something, you're doing something wrong and you should change the way you're doing it. Don't just pull harder because that's where, like Chris is saying, that's where you're going to end up breaking things. So when you're looking at some of these lightweight tents, uh, for the most part, they're the same style materials. They're the same style of uh, function when you're putting them together. It's usually a tent pole. A lot of times in the ultralight ones, a lot of times they're more clips than they are sleeves that you're putting your tent poles through. Yep. One of the things that I've found with those, and so one of the reasons is that so you're not wearing and tearing them, obviously, you want it nice and light. One of the things you want to make sure when you're doing the ultralight, and Nate, correct me if I'm wrong here, when you're putting that together, you want to make sure that you have all of the tents, the poles, assembled before you clip the tent to it. And the reason that is, is a lot of times they're not designed to stretch from the ground to where they're clipped. They're designed to stretch from the clip to where they're clipped. Like if there's a, a square at the top or if there's a cross beam at the top, a lot of times you want to make sure you do that in, at the same time. You don't want to do one pole and then the other because a lot of times that'll put stress on the tent. And, and obviously to set it up, it's easier if you do it the way it was designed. Right. And like we said, as soon as you start to put extra stress or things are becoming very hard to clip something, you're not doing it correctly. And you said it just perfectly. When I set up my tent, uh, I actually assemble the poles completely, put the poles into either the footprint or the base of the tent and bend them into place, creating the structure without any of the mesh of the tent. And then from there, I hang the tent on it. Now, obviously we're talking about um, like a backpacking tent that doesn't have sleeves. In your case, a lot of the bigger tents, you're gonna be sliding the poles through sleeves. This is just a, a little different scenario, but you're right. I assemble the poles completely. I pretty much build the structure and hold it into place while I start to hook these up. And it, it there's no resistance. It doesn't fight me in any way. And it's because I've taken the time to practice and to learn how to set it up properly. Today's episode is brought to you by Come see Camper Chris. He's got all you need. A camping guru, outdoor buff, your expert on stuff. He's also camping out in social media. So come see Camper Chris. 
so before we move on to the next step, which we will in a second, uh, there's another style of tent that I want to make sure we talk about, and it's mostly in Nate's wheelhouse. And th there are tents out there that are not designed to have poles at all. They're designed to be utilizing some trekking poles and things like that. You don't see them in your family camping style because they're just not big enough. They're not designed for my style of camping. However, when you're out in the in the the field or out in the woods and you're doing your hiking, they're ultra light and they're designed instead of using poles, you use your trekking poles that you're using as you're hiking as your different end caps. Do you have any input on that, Nate? Absolutely. But first, let's talk about trekking poles. <laughs> Say what? Trekking poles are also hiking poles. It is two sticks that you can wear in either hand that help you hike and help you keep your balance. Hikers use them because of a big backpack weighing up to 40, 50 pounds or plus can pull you off balance. So they use trekking poles to help keep their balance. So yeah, absolutely. You see them in these through hiking scenarios because these tents can be as light as a pound or even lighter because you're not carrying poles. They rely on the trekking poles to lift the tent up or a lot of times a, even just a tarp that people use. Now, a lot of people listening to these podcasts are not going to be getting into that yet. So we could probably do an episode devoted to that. But right now, I think we should stick with the simpler tents, the tents that you're going to use camping or on a normal backpacking trip. It's pretty advanced to get yourself into a tent that's so light that you're just using your trekking poles. So the next step when you're setting up your tent, you have your basic structure. You have your tent basically up in the the resembling the, the final form. This is where you go out and you check all of your stakes. You check all of your guidelines. A lot of times this is where you add guidelines. For some of the camping style tents, this is where they are because they're usually on like the walls of the tent. Uh, so you run these guidelines out and you, you stake them and you tighten them up. There's usually an eyelid on there uh, that you can tighten them and get them taunt and you can maximize the volume of your tent and maximize the stability and durability of your tent at this time. And if you're not using these and it becomes very windy, your tent needs these to keep its shape and the wind blowing it out of shape is putting stress on the material, on the poles. You're going to help your tent last longer and it is just going to overall work better. Uh, and it's the same thing when applying your rain fly, which would be the next thing. If it's going to be raining, we want to get onto the rain fly. My main points with the rain fly, if your tent, and a lot of them do, on the rain fly, have a little Velcro that allows the rain fly to attach to the poles as well or to secure itself to the poles, that is going to help the seams on the rain fly line up with the poles. In a lot of your hiking tents, this is something that you can take advantage of because you want your seams of the rain fly to run directly with the pole, not off to the side of it. Those seams are stitched and stronger than the material itself. So, so you want that to ride on the pole. If you've got the seam off of the pole and your um, your pole is riding on the, the material itself, it's putting stress on that material and can cause it to leak at that point. I want to stress how important that this rain fly is. This is the difference between an enjoyable camping trip and a ruined camping trip. Now, if you have the right mindset, it's always enjoyable and it's always fun. But this, I love the rain. <laughs> you got to love the rain sometimes. <laughs> but this is really the difference in things staying dry and working as you intended them as they were designed and you having to come with a workaround because something is too wet and you can't stay dry and you can't keep your heat and different things like that. So take the time to 
I would make sure that you practice putting the rain fly on at least once or twice before you get out in the woods and, and make sure you understand the design of what it is. Some of them are designed to mirror the tent exactly. Some of them are designed to, to overlap the tent and be outwards to run the water away. A lot of different designs around your door entries and different things. So, so make sure you take the time to understand your rain fly because each rain fly for each tent is different. I haven't seen too many identical in my, in my many years of camping. Right. And that goes right along with the rest of this, this whole process needs to be practiced at home. And I, I've, I've practiced setting up tents in my living room. I've practiced to setting them up in my yard. You know, I've got it circled three times on this piece of paper in, in front of me, how important it is to practice and to get good at it because you don't want to be trying to figure things out when you're outside. Cause you're trying to enjoy that time, especially if you run into a problem and it's starting to get dark and you can't get it set up. Well, that just leads to not having a good time. And we've talked about it before on the podcast. We're out here to enjoy ourselves. So make it easy on yourself. Practice it. Practice it inside. Practice it outside. In the dark. Practice it in the rain. You're at home. It starts to rain outside. Go outside and set the tent up quick. You can always come back inside and get dried off, but it'll teach you to be able to set it up quickly, set it up efficiently. And that way, when you're outside, in the outdoors, on a camping trip, where it matters, you'll be able to do it with ease. If you take the time and you focus on setting up your tent properly, then you can forget about the tent the rest of the time you're out to enjoy the outdoors. Uh, set it and forget it, as I think some infomercial one time in my day I heard. <laughs> they used to say. That's where you want to get to. Set it, forget it, and then enjoy your camping or hiking trip. Uh, and on the side of hiking, one thing that can really make it easier when it comes to setting up your tent is how you actually pack it into your pack. Uh, for me, my pack is designed with a, uh, a bottom enclosure that a lot of people put their sleeping bags in. I don't use it for that. I use it for my tent because it works better for me. Everything, everybody's different, may work better or not for you. But I put my tent there because it's something that I can access without having to get into anything else in my, in my pack. So I can set this down. One zipper leads me directly to my tent. When I pack my tent away, I always go with the tent first, followed by the rain fly. That way, when it's time to set up, one zipper leads me to the rain fly first, then the tent. These are just things that I do, and these are things that I know. Everybody's going to work it differently. But that's another thing to practice. Practice packing it away as well before you get out there. So there's you know, none of that unknown. You already know exactly how you're going to do it before you ever get out there. Well, hopefully we covered all of your topics that you had or questions you may have had on setting up a tent. We enjoy doing this. This is a what I call one of the big the big events that you do, whether you're camping or hiking. It's something important. You need your shelter. You need your place. Uh, so hopefully we've answered those questions. And uh, get out there. Get camping. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorite things to do. And you'll get to the point where it's so enjoyable to set it up because you'd like... Nailed it. Perfect. You know, you did it in like two minutes. You're like, get on to the next thing. And it just takes practice. Practice makes perfect. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to leave you with a little quote. And that quote is, dude, man, that camping trip was intense. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Bye-bye. If you like what you have heard today and you want to hear more from us about camping, hiking, and living the outdoor life, we ask that you subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, and help us to keep coming to you. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 
You can do that on Facebook. Search Camp Hike Live Forum.